Welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads, a podcast all about beer from a West Virginia perspective. I'm Aaron McCoy here with my podcast partner, Charles Bakwe. Screech Owl Brewing in the tiny Preston County community of Cuzzard has been quite the phenomena of West Virginia breweries. Located on the Maryland edge of West Virginia, the brewery's grown to become one of the more successful small breweries in the state. Aaron, one thing that stands out about these guys is the passionate following they've developed, especially in north central region of West Virginia. Here in the southern part of the state, we don't hear as much about them, but that could change as their distribution footprint expands. Yes, Charles. I definitely look forward to hearing more about that as we progress through this interview. It's, we're hopefully going to get some great information. Well, I think we will. Let me bring in now into this conversation the general manager of Screech Owl Brewing, and that's Jameson Johnson. Jameson, welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads. Hey, cheers to you guys. Welcome to Screech Owl. <laughs> Glad to be here, guys. Super excited about talking about our family's brewery and what we do. Yeah, and you got a beer there, I see. You might, we might just start by letting you tell us, uh, since we don't have a beer in our hands, uh, what you're drinking. We're doing class three Whitewater. This is our newest IPA. It's part of the Whitewater series. It's a low IBU, high alcohol, 6.9, very citrusy IPA. It's meant to help people develop their palates. It's meant for them to, you, you meet people and they're like, oh, I don't drink IPAs. Then you give them one of these and they say, well, no, I can drink that. And it helps them move into the world of, of new and better beer. Well, I think it would be good uh, for us to kind of get a recap from you sort of of how you guys got into the brewery business, because we'll have a lot of listeners that won't be that familiar with uh, your brewery and, and really don't know where you were located. We're actually about 10 minutes or 10 miles outside of Brewston Mills, West Virginia. Uh, my dad actually originally started out making wine and he transitioned into beer. Mom got him a beer kit for Christmas. And um, when everybody from church kept coming over to drink all of his beer, he figured he was into something. You know, I've heard that story from your mom. And, I, and I, so I'm assuming that's a, it's a true story. You know, that's an interesting way of getting into the business. Yes, sir. Um, no, he, um, my dad really has a knack for creating balanced, sessionable recipes that really resonate with people. And so we, um, we're really, uh, in the next year or two, we're really gonna be pushing the boundaries, pushing dad's recipes a little bit farther than ever before. Um, you were talking about us moving into the Southern part of the state. We had um, a fantastic uh, meeting today with a distributor that has been courting us. And we had just an absolute great meeting that um, they represent over 20 different counties in the state of West Virginia. Um, and uh, we don't even have enough beer for them, but we're in the building part of a relationship where we can take our beer to the Southern Southwestern part of the state of West Virginia. So we are, we have some really good loyal customers in that direction. And we're really excited about this opportunity that we were gonna develop over the next year or two. Super, super. Um, tell me, Jameson, how would you describe your business philosophy and your brewing philosophy? Uh, business philosophy, I think, is family, friends, and quality. And that has always been it. Uh, no beer will be drank until it's ready. Um, I've made the phone call. I've called the distributor and said, hey, you're going to have to move your pickup another day or two. And they say, why? And I said, because the beer's not ready. 
Uh, it's not up to our standard, whatever, whether it was carbonation or whether, you know, whatever it was, we weren't happy with it. And so we have a really strict policy. There's three people that always taste the beer. That's my dad, my wife, and myself. And so we all um, uh, three agree on the beer before it goes out the door, whether it's canned or keg. Well, we always have that check. Um, as far as the way the beer is designed, it's designed around sessionability. We don't do a one and done beer. Um, we, we don't do a beer that you drink one of and go, wow, okay, I'll, I'll take something else. We try to drink uh, a beer that whether we're on the farm working on the tractor, the garden, working in a brewery, uh, that we can drink multiple ones. And I promise you, there are multiple deer, beers drank. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just throw in. Uh, sorry, Aaron, you had something. Okay, go ahead. No, well, I just let me make sure that people know who uh, who Jameson's talking about when he's talking about his mom and dad. Uh, that's Roger and Krista, right? Yeah, Roger and Krista Johnson. Um, my dad is the brewer, and my mom is, uh, as we refer to her, the fifty-one percent. <laughs> it's a woman-owned business. She's the boss. And uh, at the end of the day, she has the final say. So if you're, you're going to swear, uh, it's kind of like going before the judge. You better have a good argument. Well, I know when the brewery started, I, I met your mom and dad. I've been up there a couple of times. And I know Thank at you. that point, early on anyway, you weren't involved at least day to day at the brewery. You were working in the beer business, but I think you were somewhere else. How did you get from where you were to uh, coming over? Actually, how that happened, that process? Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, my wife and I, I worked for Anheuser-Busch for nine and a half years. My wife had a cleaning company um, and we got to the place where we were like, you know what, maybe it's time to try something different. You know, um, I like the Midwest. I love Montana, Idaho, Alaska. I've had job offers there and we were really, we were fielding some offers. And my dad said, hey, we're doing this thing and we really would want you guys to take it over and to be a part of it. And we wanted to stay in the family. Would you come and talk to us about it and et cetera, et cetera. And so actually um, my wife has been my dad's longest employee and she has spent the last four years learning the brewing process, learning my dad's standards, learning what it takes on a day-to-day -day basis to, to produce a consistent sessionable beer all the time. And um, she is the senior brewer at Screech Owl Brewing, along with um, two other young ladies who help her were a woman-owned and woman-brewed brewery. My dad and I are really just big, hairy secretaries. <laughs> Well, that's pr pretty remarkable, though, because we don't have a lot of uh, female brewers anywhere in the industry, not just in West Virginia small breweries, but you, know, you go across the country to small breweries. There aren't a lot, you know, it's mostly men. And to find a uh, little screech owl in Cuzzard, West Virginia, you know, having uh, beers now being primarily brewed by the women that work there, I think that's, that's really a unique setup. It's really nice. And Aaron will probably tell you this men do things differently than women women are more productive generally in my opinion in my experience 
Um, there's less drama when it comes to, they want to get the stuff done and go home. Guys are like, yeah, I got time to, to BS here and have a good time. Not the girls are like, quit the chatty chat. Let's go to work. Okay. <laughs> and then if it gets broke, a guy's never fess up to it. Okay. We're like, I was in the bathroom. I, I don't know what was going on. You know, girls, they come right to you. They say, I think this broke. I think this happened. Can you come check it out? Jameson, Roger, whoever it is. And we go out and we look at it and say, no, it's fine. Or yeah, that's really broke. <laughs> and, uh, but with guys, you got to find it, you know, and then, and then you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? <laughs> Unless it's my wife's car. She just turns the radio up. Can you talk to her about that, Charles? Yeah. Uh, well, if next time I see her up there, I've seen her working up there. It's, her name is Kristen, right? Yeah. Smoking hot wife. That's my <laughs> wife. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, Kristen's got it together. I mean, she works hard. I've seen her. I mean, you know, she's in control and that it's good to see and, and and the beers prove it. So let's move over to the beers and talk a little bit about your core lineup and what you guys are, are making now. Well, some of that is in the process of changing because we're seeing um, as we um, extend our distribution as we try to meet the volume, we're about a year and a half behind where we want to be. COVID really set us back. We had really big goals. We wanted to add another extension onto the brewery, uh, a larger kitchen, a cold room. Uh, I think the last time I measured out the cold room, it was like 1,400 square foot cold room. Uh, we had to settle for a 400 square foot cold room. Uh, a lot of people don't realize how much cold space it takes to take care of a, a brewery our size. Um, we, are, we are really pushing towards that goal continuously to be able to take care of the state of West Virginia. Um, we are in Maryland, but it's just right on the edge of the Oakland uh, area, which um, Lure Distributing does a great job for us. Uh, Preston Distributing, Valley, Mona represents our largest keg distribution in the state and if you guys ever have any questions about where we're distributing and what we're doing uh check out our website and look at find our beer and right there you'll see keg id which shows you every place that our distributors are online scanning our kegs in so it also helps communicate to our customers our retailers where our beer is we support them and so if you're in the city of Morgantown, you're like, where can I find Screech Out Beer on draft? All you got to do is pull that up and it shows you every restaurant in Morgantown area, Oakland, and um, let's see where else, and all the way down through Canaan Valley, Buchanan, and Elkins uh, that we have our draft on tap. So um, as far as the lineup, we're always going to stick with Who's Your Daddy, our number one beer. Have you had that, Charles? Oh, yeah. Who's your daddy uh, IPA? What about you, Miss Aaron? I have not had it, unfortunately. What? <laughs> you were formally invited on videotape to come up and taste all the beers on us, okay? I expect I to see you up that. there soon. I appreciate that. And IPA yeah. is my favorite style, so thank you. Excellent. And uh, so we'll always stick with Bull Blonde, Who's Your Daddy, and Strawberry. Those are our flagship beers. They really are. We have seven different, seven, seven different beers in production at this time. We have Muddy Creek. Um, that is a local favorite. It's really good. Uh, it's nicknamed the Redneck Corona. It's really, really good beer. It's an amber ale. It's brewed with a citrus hop, and we garnish it with a lime. 
And so you squeeze it, drop it, and it, the party is on, okay? Mama's Mango, which right now we do have in cans and kegs, we're going to cut that back to a draft only to speed up our production on some of our mainline brands. Um, Bull Blonde, Who's Your Daddy, Strawberry, that will all be available in kegs and cans. We've taken threshing floor out of the mix for a year. We're going to give it a, a break. We're going to do a little bit of a, a, a remix, a rebranding, a freshening up. Uh, during COVID, we bought some labels off of a company. And um, honestly, uh, we were so short on money. We used the labels. It hurt the brand. It hurt the brand. And it was, uh, it's an excellent beer. It's absolutely fantastic. There's not another Belgium white beer on the market that can compare to our, our threshing floor, but um, we're going to rebrand that and reconnect with our customer base about what that beer is and bring it out in a fresh new style. So um, would you say though, that at least currently through this, this past year that the Who's Your Daddy IPA, the Bold Blonde, Blonde Ale, and the Strawberry uh, Ale are more or less the, the more more popular ones in the lineup currently? Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and, and since we've released, what was it? Um, I think it was about four months ago, we released Class 3 Whitewater. I'm looking to my wife for advice. Um, she um that has climbed up to being a top four beer for us and it is really rocketing because a lot of people who don't drink ipas are surprised that they can drink it and people who like ipas appreciate the hoppiness but the sessionability and the ease of it and at 6.9 percent you got to start watching your friends when they get to the third one you got to be like hey you want a water <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jameson, starting up a brewery in a pretty remote location had to have its challenges. Looking back, I'm curious what you think are a couple of the most significant challenges that you've had to come or overcome over the first few years with getting things started. Um, I believe that if you talk to my mom and my dad and my wife, you'll hear the same story is that a lot of people were naysayers. You'll never be able to do it out here. You know, a lot of people said you need to move to an industrial park a big city, um, you need to do what everybody else is doing. Well, we're really not trend followers as trend setters, and we like to follow our own path, the path less traveled. And um, so there was a certain individual uh, that came into my mom and dad's life that said, hey, do it right here on the farm. And we became a destination. We became someplace that um, you can't go anywhere else and drink our beer uh, and it come out of the tap. And within three seconds of walking in the door, there is the most beautiful, talented staff saying, welcome to Screech Owl. And they're yelling at you, not so much yelling at you, but getting you directed, getting you taken care of. And when I say that our staff is handsome and beautiful and talented, we have the premium staff and uh, we don't sell the girls' assets, we sell beer, cheer, and hospitality. So when you come to Screech Out, we're always family friendly, and uh, we, have, we have that quality to our beer and our food. We're a five-star rated restaurant from our customers, and that is something they have given us that we have worked really hard to maintain, and we will continue to do that. 
but um, we have people, we have visitors from every continent in the world except Antarctica, and and uh, I don't have any sardines for the the penguins, but if they come, I'll try to accommodate them. Hey, say, uh, Jameson, do you guys still keep that guest book at the at the brew pub? Yeah, yeah. I thought that yeah, was amazing. There, yeah, there are people there from all over that have come to this place. They found you in tiny Preston County, West Virginia. Tell us a little about that before we get off that subject. Just the other day, we had a couple from Japan. And they, um, when they, when the woman got really excited, she started speaking in Japanese. And she said that she'd never seen a turkey that wasn't in a freezer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was great and they were so nice we um a, a week later we had a couple from china and uh we get people from all around the world and for we've been written up in um forbes magazine dad was written up in forbes magazine dad was uh we were written up in a uh like european beer magazine so there for like two summers we got a lot of people from england <laughs> and from Scotland and from in that general area. Um, the summer 2019, we felt like we were an Aussie. I mean, we had tons of people from Australia. I mean, they're great blokes, you know, drink a lot of beer, great times, no problems. And uh, there, there was a lot of fun, really, really a lot of fun. So we, we really enjoyed their visits, actually prefer their visits. The men are always handsome and the women are gorgeous. So that's just me. Well, that, that's really interesting to hear about. That's pretty exciting. Um, I want to get, get back to when we were kind of originally talking about challenges and maybe challenges that you guys originally faced whenever you were getting started and, and trying to get your business plan to work out. But bringing us to today, I'd like to hear what you think are your most significant accomplishments over the past year or two. We made it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really and truly, we made it through the pandemic. Uh, we started canning. That was a, a huge swing in learning. Um, we have a great crew, um, even though some people were laid off and they were on unemployment and there was no money to be paid. We had employees show up and volunteer. We had customers show up and volunteer for days at a time to make sure we made it. And the loyalty that we receive is, um, it's a bit overwhelming and at, at times it's unjust. I, I don't know that we're, my wife's that nice. My mom's that nice. My dad and I, we were fuzzy. We're fuzzy and chubby. Uh, I don't know that anybody deserves the amount of kindness that we received during that time period. And a lot of great people would stop in and uh, they'd be passing through and they say, we just wanted to stop and support you. It was totally because uh, of the, the beautiful people that we have made friends with, our customers. Um, can't thank them enough. You know, beer business is people. That's what the beer business is. At the end of the day, you can have a mediocre product, but if you have great people, you have great people. That's, that's the, the, the story. We're blessed because we have a great product and we have exceptional people. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Very positive. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I'm sure your people will be happy to hear that as well. We have the smartest, most beautiful, best looking people in West Virginia. I'm sorry about all the other breweries, but I'm, it's just the truth. 
And we're talking with Jameson Johnson, who's the general manager of Screech Owl Brewing in Cusert, West Virginia. Well, let's move over a little bit now to the brewing operations. I know we talked about your dad and Kristen being the, you know, leading the brewing there, but uh, let's talk a little bit about, you've got a lot of new equipment up there. Run us through kind of your main setup, your brew, brew house, your, you know, your tank space, your canning line, all that. Just quickly, uh, what's, how's your setup? What's it like? Um, we use ABE equipment. Um, they're out of Nebraska. Um, one of the great things about ABE, um, when you call there, Miss Connie will answer the phone. And Miss Connie, I'll say, hey, good morning. And she goes, Jameson. And that's the way the whole company is. And they, um, they take very, very good care of us. They've actually, we've called them with a problem when we first put in the, the brew system. And on more than one occasion, they flew somebody in from Nebraska to take care of us. So they're very responsive. Uh, we have a five head filler. Um, we, we do around 35 cans a minute. Um, Kristen and the girls have got it dialed in to where we can do 2,400 cans and we might have six to 10 bad ones, six to 10 bad ones, underfilled or whatever. We're real stickler on carbonation and getting everything ready. It may take us six or eight hours to get the canner ready and everything set up correctly to where we're happy. And then it takes about two and a half hours to run through 24 cans, 2,400 cans. Um, and uh, we have a pack tech. We have a table that we screwed pipes to and we set it up on milk crates and we roll those puppies out the door. So there's three pieces of canning uh, equipment to the canning line. Then we have a 10 barrel ABE brew house. It's a first generation. It has a pneumatic, air pneumatic. Um, so when you're on the brew stand, you don't run down to switch a valve. You hit number 10, open, close, number nine, open, close, which my wife, who's a little bit of a show off, not really. She can tell the girls close seven, close eight, open nine, 10, and six turn the brew pump to this and down the, down the road we go. And um, dad can walk in and he can hear it. He can tell you exactly what's going on. If something goes wrong, that's when he walks in. And, and he's very, uh, it's the pilot in him. It's from years of dry, flying planes. He really identifies something that's different very quickly. And uh, my mom, She's just joyful to be there and she's such a blessing and we have a really good time. Her and the kids are usually getting into something on the farm, whether they should or should not be. I'm not sure all the time. Now, how many days a week do you brew versus how many days a week you spend canning? Because I imagine it's the same staff that's, that handles both. Everybody does everything. Uh, we have a real small crew um, and they're real versatile. We're training people for the next expansion and we only promote from within. So uh, Miss Harley uh, leads Kristen with with Kristen as her, you know, she's and then Miss Emma is coming up in the ranks. And um, these two really help us with everything between inventory. Um, they come in and cook in the kitchen on Fridays and Saturdays um, during the pandemic. These guys are family. I mean, we talk to them like they're family. We fuss at them like they're family. We treat them like family, which may 
be a little dysfunctional, but we make it work. <laughs> but um, we really work hard towards that end goal. Um, some days, some weeks, it's five brews. Some weeks, it is five brews, um, and all the grain goes to local farmers. Some weeks, it's two brews. It depends on if the beer has been transferred, if it's ready to go, if it's carved up. Um, now we're getting to the point where we'll carve up two or three tanks of beer at a time, set the canner up the day before, and just attack it the next day. Just attack it, wow. knock it out. So with the bigger cold room, it gives us the production availability. Man, you guys, yeah, really working. It sounds like almost at capacity of at least right now and, and that's great to hear if what do, what do you expect jameson if you guys were at capacity for a full year how many thousands of barrel or you know how many hundreds of thousands whatever you want to call it barrels would you uh probably be able to put out do you think right now according to the engineers um we're supposed to be able to do like two thousand gallons um isn't that right mama two thousand gallons a month two thousand and um we we um we are exceeding by four to six hundred gallons a month what the engineers say we should do and we have we have one crew yeah we're not running we're not running two crews yet and so um the girls are very efficient i can't say that enough they stay on top of things they're uh they keep dad and i completely on our toes constantly and so we're really blessed beyond measure with the crew that we have. They're extremely talented, smart women and fully capable. I get yelled at for trying to help them sometimes. <laughs> so I, I, I try to, oh, let me help you. Won't you back off? You know, <laughs> sorry, I tried to help you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jameson, that sounds wonderful. Um, can you tell us about your restaurant operation as in what should people look for on the menu? Uh, right now, we've scaled the, the menu back to just pulled pork sandwiches, hamburgers, fresh cut fries, and made-to-order pizzas. And a lot of that has to do with labor. Uh, it's hard to find people to work. It is. Um, we, we're getting ready to transition over to Toast, where there'll be QR codes on the table. You'll do all the ordering yourself, unless you don't have a smartphone. And it will alleviate uh, a lot of staff members. We can continue to grow with the staff we have instead of hiring more and more people. And it, it benefits those people who have come on board because they'll reap the benefits of larger capacity, better tips, more people, a higher volume, uh, but they're reaping the benefits. They're not sharing it with four or five other people. We're keeping the same staff that we have basically. Um, so the restaurant is running, uh, we're, we're getting ready to change the menu up a little bit. Um, but it just really, we've had to start from scratch with people who have never cooked on this scale. They've cooked dinner, but they haven't cooked dinner for 500 people, you know? So it, it, it makes for a long day. Um, the girls show up at 10 on Saturday and we leave at between eight and nine. So it's a big day. We're committed to it. They're committed to it. There's two days of service, Friday and Saturday, four to eight and 12 to eight. Kitchen always closes at seven. Um, but our crew, I will put them up against anybody. Um, they're learning. Again, a lot of really smart, beautiful women. I'm surrounded by it. Do you understand, Charles? <laughs> I hear I'm you. I'm always wrong. I hear you. I'm never right. I'm always wrong. <laughs> 
So you, you expect to sort of maintain that um, schedule then for your food going forward, at least for some time until maybe you're able to either get some some additional employees or, or make some changes to the menu, or are you just going to stick with what you have? We would like to bring back the old screech owl, but it has to be done in a way that we're successful and that the food and the service is of the utmost quality, because if it's not, we're not going to do it. We're only going to do what we can be successful at. And we're only going to brew beers and we're only going to serve food that when you eat it, you're totally satisfied and that you're like, oh my gosh, I'll be back here next week. And that's, and if we're not going to do that, we're not going to do that. And that's just plain and simple. So family, friends, and quality. Quality is our mantra and we're going to stick to it. Well, one thing I always brag about and tell people about with, from the food side at, at your place, and that's the spent grain breads that were so good there. And I know it's probably probably during this pandemic and when you've been shut down and off and on, uh, the restaurant has been shut down off and on. I mean, I guess you've, is that something that's been hard to keep up? I mean, you say, I know you say you're limiting the menu, but will this, will the spent grain breads be back? Oh, we, we don't serve food unless we cook it. Uh, the, the restaurant only receives raw proteins. So uh, when we get pork butts, they're, they come raw, we smoke them out back, we sauce them ourselves. Uh, when we get bread, when you're served bread or pizza, that is our bread, that is our pizza dough. Um, the marinara sauce is, um, the dough recipes are all my mom and my dad's recipe. And um, my mom came up with them. My dad refined them for, for the big, big job that we have. He's good at that. And then um, the sauce recipe is something my wife and I, we love to garden um, and we love to cook. And so um, my wife and I came up with that. And it's really the strength of the family that brought all that together because it's our different inputs. And um, we, we will continue always to have spent grain uh, we'll never serve you a meal on bread from outsourced. And we're actually, we've had some franchise offers, um, some people wanting to take this to Texas or different places. And so it kind of made us really think we need to, to think about a different revenue stream for the brewery and being able to franchise it so that people in the southern part of the state or Kentucky or you know, we go knock the socks off of North Carolina with a little West Virginia boom, boom. <laughs> well, I tell you, there's nothing better than one of those spent green pepperoni rolls at Screech Owl. I mean, if you're a pepperoni roll fan and many West Virginians are. <laughs> we try hard. Those are all hand rolled. The girls do those. Um, ours are a little bit smaller than some people's, but we always keep that on the menu with our homemade marinara sauce. It's people show up like on Tuesday and they're like, we want pepperoni rolls. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, let's uh, tell us a little more about the layout there. I know you have an outdoor area, you have uh, porches, I think you've got, talk a little bit about your serving area at the tap room and brew pub. Uh, we have the main, when you walk in, um, we have um, the main entrance with the bar and, and uh, the rustic West Virginia feel. Uh, we have a wraparound porch around uh, two sides of the restaurant that the family built. And then uh, we have the outdoor seating. Um, we can, pre-COVID, we could fit like 110 plus. It was like an Irish pub. 
like you're rubbing elbows you're 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 hanging out with people and it is is a real tight niche and um during covid we you know had to scale that back a bit uh quite a bit to the point where actually during covid it didn't even pay us to open we couldn't even fit enough people in there to make money and cover the cost and or even justify um at that point uh you know just bringing all those people together it was a little too risky at that point yeah but we've, known we've talked about uh emphasize the folks that come in from out of state and from foreign countries and every place else and find you guys but i think one of your probably your bedrock customers are right there in the local community and and, and you're known as a very family friendly place talk a little bit about that side of the business um, on the outdoor seating, we have four covered uh, 18 by 20 tents. We're getting ready to add two more for private catering. And um, where if you have a group of like 30 to 50 people that want to come in, then I will cook for you. I'll take care of you. Right beside that, we have a 20 ton sandbox. And it's got Tonka toys and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And we, we try to set the families up there at the 20 ton sandbox. The kids can run around. There's a basketball hoop. Uh, we have just about an acre fenced in. And so it's, it's really an open area for smoking. It's a lot of fresh air in the evening. Sometimes, um, you'll have a deer slip through on the edge of the fence. And so it's, it's a really natural environment that really we didn't, do much to create it. It just existed. All we did was fence it in and put some picnic tables. And it's on a farm. So I know when I've been there, I've watched farm animals, chickens walk by, you know, and, and is that still going on? <laughs> oh yeah. We have uh, four Tom turkeys, the Fox. We're, we're having an issue with the Fox. All the hens are gone. Uh, we have, uh, we have three pea hens. We have two peacocks. We have a bunch of guineas, well, not as many, the fox. He's very, very hungry. Uh, chickens, and we also have uh, two horses who, honestly, I think were born as mules, but they're posing as horses. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> well, you know, many brewers in West Virginia uh, that I talk to, feel that there's still more that West Virginia could do legislatively, you know, laws and things that might help uh, advance the small brewing industries that would take more care and, and more appreciation for our small uh, breweries. Uh, what's your thinking on that? I tell you, the last, Charles and Aaron, you guys know this, the last six months has been a fight to keep our business open. I'd, I don't know who was advising who, who was talking to who, but the things they were saying about us absorbing all these, this tax money oh, with yeah. 28 breweries. I, I don't know whose calculator they use, but it wasn't ours. It wasn't any of the distilleries. It wasn't any of the breweries. It wasn't any of the cideries. We don't make that kind of money. We, we don't have that. We need to recognize a blossoming emerging economy in the brewing industry. We have a huge opportunity here. Um, well, tourism is the number one thing that comes into West Virginia. And they just about put all the tourism breweries out of business. W what sense does that make? It, it doesn't. And so um, we need to have better representation for breweries, better legislation for breweries. Um, we need to have somebody there looking out for us 
and somebody who understands industry because whoever proposed a lot of the stuff that were proposed by the governor and their new taxation laws um, absolutely knew jack squat about breweries and i'll take that to the bank they've never they've never canned they never bottled they never kegged they never started at eight o'clock in the morning and were glad when they got home at midnight and then thinking that they're going to take up a billion dollars in tax money with a few cans of beer i don't know maybe some drug testing would be in part i, I don't know i'm just saying <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Our local breweries provide not only uh, significant employment in these small towns, but also tax revenues to their counties and local communities. And like you say, they help bring in the tourism, their big draws. It's, a, it's something we need to support. And I hope we can find more ways uh, in the future legislatively to help our breweries and certainly not to tax the heck out of them and things like that that are really counterproductive. Uh, Aaron, anything else that you've got over there on your side? No, I mean, I, I'm just like everyone else in this industry, very, very glad that the proposed uh, changes didn't didn't occur. And instead, we actually had some positive changes. So that that's really great. And I hope that it's beneficial to everybody in our area. And hopefully it will help craft beer in West Virginia. Yeah. So Jameson, to wrap this up, let's go back and tell people what markets in the state. Just remind us where your beer is now being sold. And if you it, and again, where you're looking to expand over the next few months. Go to our website and find, click on find our beer. It's a keg ID system that we are using. Um, we're getting ready to add even more to it. You'll find our beer all the way down in Fayetteville. And it works all the way up through Elkins, Canaan Valley, Buchanan, Davis. And uh, we have it starting in uh, Clarksburg with Valley Distribution at Texas Roadhouse, all the way to Outback, all the way up to Morgantown. Mm -hmm. uh, Morgantown's a pretty big green block. We have a great following in Morgantown, wonderful beer connoisseurs. Um, it goes all the way over into Oakland, Maryland, and clear over um, Hen House West, which is, is easing over there um, towards Lavelle. And our beer is, is all the way in Lavelle, Maryland, um, at a wonderful liquor store there, Liberty Liquors. Um, they have one of the best selections you can ever stop in and see. Wonderful people. Um, we are blessed that we've been able to pair ourselves with the top people in the industry, whether it's Valley, Preston, Mona Supply Distributing, soon to be more. We um, are getting ready to sign another two distributors. Um, and that's really towards showing people our intentions of, of spreading our beer and spreading the good news of Screech Out Beer. And, it, and, and we want people to be able to enjoy great beer wherever they're at. So do you think people here in the Charleston Huntington market might see your beer before too long in our retailers? I guarantee it. <laughs> it, well, may be in, it may be in small portions at first, right. but as, as um, these distributors have agreed to grow with us, and we will have a bigger and bigger presence throughout those metropolitan areas, Huntington, West Huntington, um, uh, Charleston and Parkersburg. We have a, a, just a fantastic distributor that's there. We'll be at all the major ski resorts. Um, and we have another great distributor in the middle of the state that's gonna take our beer. We have some partnerships that are about to become public 
that are outstanding, the best in the business will be carrying Screech Owl beer and they care about, it. they believe in our band brand and they're willing to invest in it. And it's, um, like I said, I'm very blessed. The family is to have such good people say, Hey, we want to help you sell your beer. And that's really what it is. We have partnerships that are huge blessings. Um, I couldn't be more proud of my family. My family, honestly, I'm sorry if your family's not as cool as mine. I, I apologize. I, I still love you, though. Well, there you are, folks. You've heard it from the source. Jameson Johnson, General Manager of Screech Owl Brewing in Preston County, West Virginia. Jameson, thank you so much for joining us on West Virginia Beer Roads today. Thanks for having us. It's a blessing and a privilege, Charles, Aaron. Uh, good health and um, prosperity to you guys. And cheers, most of all. Cheers. All Thank right. You, Thank you very much. Yeah, best of luck to you and to Screech Owl Brewing. Thank you. This brings us to the close of another podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast host. Thank you for listening to West Virginia Beer Roads. West Virginia Beer Roads is a production of BrilliantStream.com.